Hi, I'm Pastor Roger Brown. God has gifted me the pleasure to pastor a dynamic, spirit-filled church called Life Changers Church International right here in Pittsburgh, Kansas. I believe God will use this sermon to impact your life and bring His greatness out of you. Man, I hope you get something out of this that will change your life. God bless you. Your time is very important, so I'm going to get right to the message. Have a wonderful day. So, uh, anyway, tonight, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me, if you would. Let's go to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. And I believe we're starting at the 21st verse. Now, I'm going to be reading out of the Message Bible because there's some stuff in there I want to, some key words I want to bring out, and it's good stuff. Amen. Mark chapter 5, <clears throat> verse number 21. When you get it, say amen. How many is glad to be saved? Yes. Them old timers <clears throat> go up in church and they would say, I'm, I'm glad I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Amen. And, uh, and on my way to heaven, yes. And, uh, and somebody said, well, you know what is... What is what is sanctification? I mean, I mean, I mean, how do you get sanctified? Is it all in one thing? Is it all in one place? Do you just do you just do it? And I, I tell them, well, today's Monday. Let me tell you on Friday, because <laughs> it's one of those things that you walk through. Amen. You find out real quick how sanctified you are when you're coming uh, to work and you're late and a slow person's in front of you. Come on, somebody. Amen. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Praise God. Let's go to Mark chapter 5. Are y'all there? Verse number 21. And Jesus crossed over by boat. A large crowd met him at the seaside. One, one of the meeting place leaders named Jairus came when he saw Jesus. He fell to his knees beside himself as he begged. My dear daughter is at death's door. Come and lay hands on her so she will get well and live. Jesus, Jesus went with him, the whole crowd tagging along, pushing and jostling him. A woman who had suffered a condition of hemorrhaging for 12 years. Somebody say 12. 12 a long succession of physicians had treated her and treated her badly, taking all her money and leaving her worse off than before had heard about Jesus, she slipped in from behind and touched his robe. She was just thinking to herself, if I can put a finger on his robe, I can get well. The moment she did it, the flow of blood dried up. She could feel the change and knew her plague was over and done with. At the same moment, Jesus felt energy discharging from him. He turned around to the crowd and asked, Who touched my robe? His disciples said, What are you talking about? With this crowd pushing and jostling you, you're asking who touched me? Dozens have touched you. But he went on asking, looking around to see who had done it. The woman, knowing what had happened, knowing she was the one, stepped up in fear and trembling, knelt before him, and gave him the whole story. Look at your neighbor and say, the whole story. Jesus said to her daughter, 
Jesus said to her, daughter, you took a risk of faith and now you're healed and whole. Live well, live blessed, be healed of your plague. Thank God COVID-19's got to go. Amen. <laughs> While he was still talking, some people came from the leader's house and told him, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? Jesus overheard what they were talking about and said to the leader, don't listen to them, just trust me. My God, I'm about to preach in a minute. <laughs> he permitted no one to go in with him except Peter, James, and John. They entered the leader's house and pushed their way through. The gossips looking for a story and the neighbors bringing in the casseroles, Jesus was abrupt. <laughs> While all the busybody grief gossip, this child isn't dead, she's sleeping. Provoked to sarcasm, they told him he didn't know what he was talking about. But when he had sent them all out, he took the child's father and mother along with his companions and entered the child's room. He clasped the girl's hand and said, Talitha Kom, Kom, which means little girl, get up. And after she was up and walking around, this girl was 12 years of age. Somebody say 12. I'm about to preach. <laughs> they, of course, were all beside themselves with joy. He gave them strict orders that no one was to, was to know what had taken place in that room. Then he said, give her something to eat. Hallelujah. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight and we thank you for your word. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that your word is anointed. Heavenly Father, Lord, but tonight I want you to anoint me. Anoint these lips of clay. Heavenly Father, let me deliver this thing like the Holy Ghost delivered to me in my prayer closet. And we ask you, Lord, that you move from the top of this building to the bottom, from the side to the side, from the front to the back. Leave nobody or nothing undone in Jesus' name, everybody's said amen. amen hallelujah praise god i had a thought this morning and uh and the thought that come to my mind this morning was was your personal pain is connected to your promise and so as that thought kept going over and over my mind this morning i began to pray and began to get uh, just just begin to seek god and there were several different things that had come to mind and uh and so when I thought about this story here, I thought about how, how there's two stories here that is connected in one meeting place. And there's two separate people that connects in a place in their life when they are absolutely desperate. Anybody ever been desperate? There's something about a desperate worship. You know, some people think, well, you know what? I worship God the same. I worship God, uh, you know, when I'm feeling good. I worship God when I'm not feeling good. Uh, I worship God when I'm happy and when I'm sad. Uh, I just worship God the same. And I say, no, you don't. No, you don't. There's, there's a total complete difference. But there's a, a, a pathway sometimes in our pain. And I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, and I don't know, uh, but I do know that there's people that's on a pain, that's on a personal level that is just for them. They're in pain, but nobody else knows it. 
They come to church in pain and they sit beside you and they smile and you could never tell it. They'll sing in the choir, you could never tell it. They'll preach in a church and you could never tell it because there's a pain on a personal level that people sometimes have to go through and they're trying to find a connection and God's saying, hang on because there's a promise that's going to connect with a personal pain. There is something that I'm bringing you to. I preached not long ago a message called it had to happen. Praise God. And this is kind of a continuance of it had to happen because there were some things in your life that God has allowed that pain and it's become personal. And not only has it become personal, but it's come to the place that some of you in this place and some watching me has been so depressed and so deprived that you're sitting back and you're trying to figure out how do I get happy? How do I get better? I don't understand it. I've been doing all the right things, but I can't snap out of it. And the enemy always likes to bring back what you came out of. He doesn't want you to get any further. And there's a personal pain level that people are dealing with that other people don't know. Yeah, they hear their story and they hear, yeah, there's some tragedy, there's some hurt, there's some backbiting, there's some betrayal, but down deep, there's a personal pain and it has nothing to do with anybody else other than themselves. And I believe that this woman, as she become to come to Jesus, the Bible said when he stepped off the boat, praise God, that the first person he was met with was Jairus, and Jairus had heard, and the Bible says in, 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 in the King James Version that he was a leader in a synagogue, so let's just call him pastor. Uh-oh, you mean pastors got problems? Probably way more than you ever thought. See, because sometimes we think, well, you know, I, 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 I sure wish I could live my life like Pastor Brown. Well, let me just let you wear these size seven shoes. Shut up, Thomas. Size 17. D. And the thing about it is, is he had heard Jesus was coming. It, it, isn't, isn't it amazing? Listen to me. Listen to me. That, that just a little over a year ago, we was gripping and complaining because we couldn't go to church. I just can't believe they won't let us in church. That's just, that just not right. We're a Christian nation. We need to go to church. Everybody say, I love the preacher. Now we open up in church, and now we're too busy going to beaches and going to bowling alley and going to movies, doing everything we couldn't do. And it's because down deep there's some issues and stuff going on. So... Jarius had heard Jesus was coming, and he waited for that moment. And when he got there, everybody else got the same memo, and he couldn't hardly get to Jesus because of the crowd. And when he finally got to Jesus, he said, Master, and this was a desperate, listen to me, this was a desperate worship. This was a desperate praise because, first of all, he, he is a leader in a synagogue, but there was something that had brought him to his knees. I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but I need to tell somebody that whatever that is that has brought you to your knees, I need you to know that there's a place in your life where Jesus stops at that moment and says, what can I do? He said, my daughter is sick. Will you come to my house? And Jesus said, I will. 
listen, he said, I will. And on his way, there's another lady who showed up. I connected these two together. And I thought, my goodness, there's another lady who showed up. And the Bible said that when she showed up, she had been dealing with a blood issue for 12 years. And she gave all of her money to all the doctors and she Googled it and tried to diagnose herself. She tried to find the medicine on Amazon. But all the ships was out, out there in California and they couldn't get them to her. So she wasted her time and her money. And when nothing got better, but grew worse, she became desperate. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to trip. She became desperate. There was something about people when they get desperate. Their voice changes. Their praise changes. They don't care who's around them. It changes. Everything changes. And this woman who was unclean was in a clean environment, and she was going against the law at that time. If she would have got caught, she could have been dead. They'd have stoned her out out in the backside of the parking lot and left her dead. And they had every right because it was in the law. But she heard Jesus was on his way, and she said within herself, she told nobody if I can just touch his robe if I can get close enough come on somebody I'm here to tell you right now that if we ever have that place in our life if I could just get close enough don't you know that when you fall down in your prayer closet and ain't nobody but you and God you're just close enough to reach out and grab a hold of that robe don't you know that when you touch Jesus then things begin to happen she reached out, and she touched his robe. And the Bible said, the King James Version says, virtue began to flow. That anointing, that power, this working in Jesus, as he's walking in, he knows what it is. As he's walking, all of a sudden, he feels a surge, and it begins to move from him, and he stops. He says, hang on just a minute. Who touched me? Jairus is already up the road waiting on Jesus. He turns around and looks, and he stopped. He's thinking, my goodness, I thought this cat was coming on. What is going on here? Come on, Jesus. My daughter's dying. And Jesus says, who touched me? I like the King James Version because he said he waited. <laughs> Knowing good and well he's about to put this woman in jeopardy. Come on, somebody. He stops and he says, who touched me? And nobody says nothing. And the message Bible says, and he waited to find out who it was. He already knew who it was. Come on now. But, but he waited to find out who it was. And the Bible says that this woman steps up and she said, it was me. It was me. And Jairus is waiting on Jesus. And he's thinking, well, thank God somebody confessed. I'm ready to go. My daughter's dying. And so he's waiting. But I like it because the Bible said, then she told him the whole story. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, when men tell a story, it's about five minutes, but when a woman tells a story, <laughs> can you imagine? Jairus is waiting. Jesus says, I'm coming. 
Listen, I'm going to go with you and I'm going to heal your daughter. On the way, this woman, don't you just hate it when you feel like you've been interrupted and you feel like the God isn't paying attention? Don't you just hate it? But you got to understand that your personal pain is connected to your promise. And I need to tell somebody that there's no way, there's no way, there's no way you would have made it any other way unless there was a promise at the end of your life. All hell couldn't stop you. The bars couldn't keep you. The dope couldn't kill you. Come on, somebody. You didn't lose your mind in the divorce. You didn't lose your mind when your kids left. Why? Because in the the personal pain, there's a promise. And if you're dealing with something that is very personal, I need you to hear me. God's got to don't give Don't give up. There's a promise. I'm telling you right now, there is a promise. There is no way that God would allow the enemy to run you like you've been running and drag you like you've been dragging unless one day he steps into the ring and he says, knock him out. Go ahead and knock him out. I'm telling you now, you've got to understand that depression is a lying enemy and it's attacked most of the church that we're living in today. we got churches that are living now and trying to breathe and trying to make it and trying to fit in but they got personal pain some of it happened when you was a kid some of it happened when when you got rejected some of it happened when they lied on you some of it happened when you thought they was all your friends and they left you Jesus shows up Jairus is waiting, and this woman is telling Jesus the whole story. Well, about 12 years ago, I got diagnosed. I went to this doctor, and he couldn't do nothing. This doctor said he could help me, and I went to him, and he couldn't do nothing. I spent all my money here. I had to wait six months to save up some more money, and I spent all my money, but I've just got worse, and and I haven't gotten better. But I heard you was coming into town, and I know I'm unclean to everybody else, but I went ahead, and I took a risk, and I got on my hands and knees, and I crawled to where you are because I heard that you opened up blind eyes. I heard that you open up deaf ears. I heard that dead people get up when you walk into the room. There's no way you was coming into my town and me feeling like this and not get close ah, and not get close enough to touch you. Jairus is thinking come on. By the time when Jesus is fixing to move, somebody shows up and says, Hey, Jarius, leave the teacher alone. Your daughter just died. There's no need for him to come. Jarius, everything in him begins to drop. And Jesus says, Hey, this is Kansas talk. Dude, don't worry. I come to give life. I am the resurrection. Now, something changes. Now, Jarius isn't following Jesus. Now, I mean, now now Jesus isn't following Jarius. Now, Jarius is following Jesus. 
Come on, somebody. Isn't it funny how sometimes you're trying to lead Jesus into your problems? Hey, you can help me over here. Well, if you just do it like this. Well, if you'll just shut their mouth up. Well, Lord, if you'll just burn that bar down, we'll be all right. My goodness, I can't believe one time I come into church and a lady said, Pastor, I've been coming to church for three years, and every time I pass by that bar, I say, Lord, just burn it down. I said, has it burned yet? She goes, no, but I'm hoping it will. I said, listen, hang on just a minute. Why don't we pray they just get saved? Why don't we pray they get saved and the owner turns into a preacher and he moves out the bar stools and puts in the church pews. Come on, somebody. And has a Holy Ghost revival up in that place. Come on now. God ain't going to burn something down. God's bringing a promise. He's coming to heal and deliver and set free. And we got to understand that our personal pain is connected to our promise. This woman said that she'd been dealing with this for 12 years. You know, the Bible said that, that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Jacob had 12 sons. And the 12 sons turned into the 12 tribes. When Jesus come on the scene, he picked 12 disciples. Why? Because there's authority in 12. Some say it's the power of government, but it's the authoritative word that there's power in 12 our faith our faith everything that we have our faith our faith is absolutely our anchor come on somebody I don't care what it feels like we know that in our faith it anchors us because when the storm begins to rise the boat doesn't float out but how many knows if you take the anchor and just throw it out into the ocean you'll lose it because the anchor has got to be tied come on somebody to the source and when you're faith is connected to the power and you understand who God is. You don't worry no more. You don't fret no more. Come on somebody. I'm not saying you're not going to have any bad days but all of a sudden that anchor it just begins to pull on you sometimes because your faith has got to be tied to the power. You can talk about faith all you want to but if it ain't connected to God it can't be connected to your job can't be connected to your degree can't be connected to your children it's got to be connected to God because that's the power source and when you have the power source you understand that the power source has got the anchor source and so when the anchor goes down it holds there's an old song called the anchor holds come on somebody our faith begins to move our faith begins to move us and the bible said that that for 12 years she'd been she'd been dealing with an issue and the bible says that Jerry's daughter was 12 years old can you just imagine this for a minute? What if 12 years ago that woman went to the doctor and got diagnosed and in the same hospital Jairus' daughter was born? What if there was a connection that was so great that God decided to show up on distance? 
on this day that 12 years she'd been suffering and 12 years ago a girl was born that God said I'm going to show up and I'm going to take that personal pain Ah, I'm going to connect it to a promise I'm going to fulfill some stuff that nobody ever seen coming and he shows up and when he gets there the Bible said that they was crying they was weeping and Jesus said she's asleep and they laughed at him. And Jesus said, get out. Hang on, hang on. <clears throat> we always like to paint this picture of Jesus. Well, he just, he's just so kind. He's so, man, but, but, but sometimes he can be so gangster. <laughs> and he said, get out. And he got the gossipers out. He got the ones that was doubting out. Because before the girl could get up, there was some stuff that had to get out. And I come up in here to tell somebody that there's some stuff in your life that's got to get up. But until some stuff gets out, you're going to sit there and watch it and watch it. Come on, somebody. There's got to be some stuff to get out of your life because there's some stuff that's got to get up. Jesus little girl arise she opened up her eyes she got up Jesus said feed her he said hey take her to pizza hut get her pizza get 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 some get some stuff in her he says now listen don't tell nobody what is it about a man who comes and seeks no fame just wants to come and heal don't you know that Jesus is coming into your life and he's doing some stuff there were some personal struggles and there were some personal pain and I don't know who I come in here to talk to tonight but I do believe that whoever you are that's in here or watching me I'm here to tell you right now that there's been some pain and it's been to the personal level so much that you have darkened yourself inside doors that you have literally locked yourself up that you've set back and you you spend more time thinking about your pain than you have your anchor. You thought about more time about everything that went wrong, about how you're going to get it right. But I need to tell somebody, if you get some stuff out, then you'll get some stuff up. And you got to get some stuff out of your life and move it outside the doors so that some things can get up. Yeah. We're in a world where people are struggling, struggling to maintain. You know, you see on Facebook and you see all them posts, you think, man, I would really like to have their life. Look, look at that. And they got so many filters on them, on them Facebook posts. I mean, so much stuff. They can take stuff out and put stuff in. And, 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 and they, they, they can take the gray out of your hair, take the wrinkles off your face. Well, how in the world, how in the world are they looking that good when I know good and well I seen them at Walmart and they look bad. <laughs> but we're still looking at Facebook and believing it. Listen, listen. And that's what the enemy is trying to do. 
He's trying to get you into a place in your life until that personal pain keeps you rejected and not moving forward. But I come in here to tell you some good news. That there's a promise that's connected to your pain that God has allowed because he knows what his next move is. I need to tell somebody. He knows what his next move is. And if you got the Holy Ghost inside of you, guess what? You know too. Because the Holy Ghost will tell us things. But sometimes we get so wrapped up. We get to the place in life where we just sit back and we think, well, maybe I will next year. That's too long. Maybe one of these days, God is saying, hang on just a minute. You've been through this pain long enough. I want you to believe. <laughs> he told the woman with the issue of blood, he said, woman, you are now whole. Listen, 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 listen. You are whole and healed. Now go in peace with your faith. Come on, church. Isn't it a thing that we talk about? We come to church and we talk about faith and talk about faith. And, and, and listen, all reality, the Bible said a mustard seed is all we need. A mustard seed of faith is all we need. And, and, and the Bible says it moves mountains. And, and sometimes I just wonder how much faith is a church really working on? We're getting to a time that sometimes we get to that place in our lives where we wonder, I, I just, I, I, I just, I, I, I just, I think he might. Hang on just a minute. God don't think he might do something. He already did it. He gave you that authority when he died on the cross. Now it moved into you. And you had that same power. You had that same authority. And that same devil that he kicked out of heaven and fell like lightning is the same booger that he said, now you got the power and the authority to move him out of your life. But your anchor has got to be hung on to the promise. Sometimes we forget those things. You say, preacher, wouldn't it just be so easy if we just had one of those buttons? Y'all remember that commercial, the easy button? Wouldn't that be amazing? Just, oh, I'm having a hard day. Boop. Just hit the easy button. Hey, let me just burst your bubble. It is that easy when you got this kind of faith connected to him. I'm not saying it's not, there's not going to be sometimes you won't be discouraged, but I'm saying if you get some stuff out, you'll get up. If you move some stuff out of your way, you'll be able to get up. The same woman that got healed, Jesus was on his way. He didn't forget about Jairus, but sometimes we think that because we asked Jesus and he didn't show up just in a lickety split, praise God, then, 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 then you know, he just don't love us anymore. He's got, he, he loves more people. Maybe they're doing something better than we are. Maybe they go to church more than we do. Maybe they read their Bible. Maybe they're more spiritual. My God, come on somebody it's time where we dig our heels in and we know that he loves us and if we ask him then the bible said this is a confidence that i have in him that whatever i ask in his name he will do it that's my confidence 
in life will throw some crazy stuff at you. I mean, one day, everything will be fine. Then the next day, you'll have two flats, and your dog needs to go to the vet. Everything messes up. And then we just look at it like, well, you know, this, this is a mess. And hang on just a minute. It's not a mess because God's fixing to do something. Listen, listen, listen. He, 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 he's on the move. He's moving when you don't see him move. God hasn't changed. <laughs> he's not sitting up thinking, my God, what did Billy do now? I hope he gets to church so the church can fix that mess. He's sitting over and he's smiling, saying, hang on just a minute. Hang on just a minute. Hang on just a minute because his anchor is connected to the power. Come on, somebody. His anchor is connected to the power. And when the wind blows and the boat starts to move, it stops. Why? Because it's connected to the power. I need to tell somebody that when you know who has all the power, you ain't got to worry no more. Your faith can withstand. And the power of God can move. But sometimes we get, everybody say I love the preacher, in a pity party. God, why did you allow this to happen? Why am I having to go through this? Why did you choose me? And we get to those places Lord, why did, why did my husband leave? Why did my wife leave? Why is my children doing what they're doing? You know, one thing that I've learned, because I remember one day, and I might have told this story, but I remember one day in Tuscaloosa, Oklahoma. I walked out one day, and Tanner Lane wasn't but about maybe three or four years old. And they was out there and still in their diaper. I bought him these Tonka trucks. And they was out there, they was rolling these Tonka trucks around out there, and they just having a good time. I looked out there, and when I looked out there, I thought, man, ain't, ain't that awesome? And all of a sudden, the enemy spoke to me and said, yeah, you know all the stuff you did, you better hope they don't do it. And I stood there for a minute, and I, I was literally scared to death, trying to think, how can I prevent this? Listen. I learned this lesson a long time ago, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now because you, you, can, you can walk and do the same thing. I looked out there, and all I could remember, them, them old-timers said, you're going to pay for your raising. Woo. <laughs> and I'm thinking, dear God, I remember all the, all the bars I was in, all the uh, stuff that I was in, all the dope that went in my body, all the uh, life things that I was trying to do to try, trying to be fulfilled. And I was looking at these innocent boys sitting out there, and I was thanking God that them's going to be preachers. And the devil come in and said, uh-uh. And I looked out there, and God spoke to me, and he said, break the curse. Listen, I didn't read, listen, I didn't read a book 
on how to break it. He spoke to me and said, break it. And he was sitting there, had no idea. And I pointed my finger and I said, you lying devil. I break every lie, every curse that ever happened to me, every, every, every lie that tried to move upon my life. I break it in the name of Jesus. And you will not have them. You will not have their life. They will not have the life that I have, but they will have the life of God. And I'm telling you now, I know they're ornery and they're not all angels, but I can tell you right now, they're serving God. They're fulfilling their ministry. And I did not have to sit up like my mom and dad did and worry when they was coming home. Praise God. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you now, your personal pain is connected to your promise. And if I could help you tonight, I would tell you that you got the same authority that God gave me that day. It's point your finger at your family and tell the devil he's got to go back to hell where it came from because he can't have your family. <laughs> but if you're dealing with personal pain, you'll say, well, that preacher, he just saying all this stuff. And, you know, I, and, and listen, listen, listen to me. Personal pain like that, it brings you to a place in your life where all you see is the pain. But I need to tell somebody it's connected to a promise. My God, hear me. It's connected. God has promised you everything. Let me tell you something. Everything that God has already spoke into your life, the enemy is trying to tell you that you'll never get there. He's trying to tell you that, well, well, it's done past. It's done expired. Well, God give it, but he's taking it back. He's not an Indian giver. He don't give you something and take it back. The enemy brings you through the realm of personal pain, but if you don't connect it to a promise, you'll wind up falling and not getting up but there's some stuff's got to get out that stinking thinking it's got to be moved you got to understand God's on a mission he anointed you and he appointed you and when he did you got a big old target on your back well, you know what? I was doing real good till I started preaching. I was doing really wonderful till I started going to church. And ever since I started church, my cars broke down. I almost got a divorce. I ain't got enough money to do this. I ain't got enough money to do that. And it's because there's a promise connected to your personal pain. Hear me. God's on a mission. His mission is to get you up. But if some stuff don't get out, if all the naysayers and the gossipers, can you imagine Jesus walked in, walked in he said, she's asleep, and they didn't even know who they was talking to. And they laughed at him. He said, get out. Amen. See, some people come and they just, they just do things. We think, well, I just, I just got to suffer them. Tell them to get out. 
If there's some doubters in your life, tell them to get out. If there's some people that don't agree what God is doing in your life, tell them to get out because there is some stuff that was living and the devil said it's dead, but God said it's asleep. But the only way it'll get up is if they get out and you got to move some people and some things and some habits out of your life and tell it to get out so you can get up. See, just going to church isn't good enough. Because I'm telling you right now, the devil comes to church too. He says right there beside you while you're trying to worship. And then all of a sudden you see somebody praising God and you go, well, how can they praise God? I've seen their Facebook post this week. Well, I can't believe they're praising God because they throw one, one big old fit at work today. And you know what? And, 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 and so there you are sitting there looking at somebody else and examining their life. And we got some stuff that's got to get out. Come on now. We got some stuff that's got to get out so we can get up. And our personal pain is connected to the promise. And God takes two people's lives. A woman that had to issue a blood for 12 years. A man whose daughter was 12 years old. And I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. I'm just putting it together. I've learned. I've learned just not to read but see the context behind it. Because the writer puts these stories together. They, 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 they bump into each other. They don't miss a beat. Jairus needs his daughter healed. A woman has an issue of blood. And Jesus stops what he's doing the first time. He heals a woman. But he continues continues to move to Jerry's house. He gets them out so he can get them up. Come on, somebody. Because sometimes our personal pain can be filled with all kinds. We have issues. Get some things out so you can get up. But y'all want me to quit saying that. I got to get out of my life. I'm holy. Praise God, I don't do nothing wrong. But if some stuff gets out, then some things can get up. And then God begins to do things in our life that we never thought or dreamed. He takes two stories. Pastor, I come piano, please. He takes two stories and intertwines it. I've missed this all of my life, but today I've seen this. He takes two stories. He intertwines them together. He makes a connection. He does a healing and a resurrection in the same step. Mm. Never misses a beat. He moves right in. He heals the plague and raises the dead and just keeps on moving. He takes two people's lives. He takes a pastor and he takes a little old nobody. This story names a man Jarius, but the woman with the issue of blood has no name. She was basically non-important. But still yet, Jesus makes the pastor wait 
while the woman tells the whole story. Ain't that, ain't that just like God? Just to sit down, and it's like the woman, well, I know you got to go, and I know you're busy, and Jesus is like, no, talk to me. Tell me the whole story. He already knew it. He's God. But, but talk to me. Well, I know there's another guy up there hollering, Jesus, where you at? Oh, go ahead. Tell me. See, we have to understand him on a personal level. We only see him and understand him when we come to church. Come on, somebody. We only understand him and see him and want to be close to him when we come into the church and environment, everybody else, and this is what we're supposed to do. It's on a Thursday night. And, and literally, we will tell ourselves, well, I got to go to church because, because I just want to get close to God. But we come to church, and at the same time, the enemy's got our mind running in all kinds of different places because if we don't get some stuff out, we'll never get some stuff up. And you got to understand that when you come into his presence and you get that close to him, you got to reach out and you got to touch him. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of playing church. I'm tired of just coming in and holding the title. I want everything that God has for me. I want the healing. I want the power. I want the resurrection. I want people that are surrounded by me to have the same thing I get. So excuse me if I come to church and look all desperate in my praise. Excuse me. If I come to church and I get my groove on, I'm getting some stuff out so I can get some stuff up because God's got a promise for me and it's connected to my personal pain because I'd have never learned how to praise him like that unless I was going through pain. I'd have never crawled on my knees in a crowd just to secretly touch his garment. Jairus, the ruler of a synagogue, would have never come down and fell before the feet of the man who everybody says is preaching the wrong gospel. He's running the synagogue. He's in Old Covenant, and Jesus comes along, and he's the one they've been saying, hey, hey he, he, he's not telling the truth. He's been lying. He's an imposter. But still yet, there was some personal pain in his own family that was going wrong, and he comes up in public and falls down. And worships him. So now he's leading Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Jesus gets interrupted. But when he's done doing what he does, then Jesus says, Come on, let's go to your house. Then Jesus leads. See, 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 see. Sometimes we got to quit getting too busy and trying to lead him. Let's follow him. How about that? How about we follow him? 
I believe that God is just that kind of God. He says, hang on just a minute. You're getting ahead of yourself. So he deals with another issue. Now when it's completely out of control, now he says, follow me. Let's go get this done. See, because your personal pain is connected to your promise. And the whole promise, the whole promise that connects to your personal pain. This woman went through it. Why did she have to go through it for 12 years? Why was it that the little girl was 12 years old? Why was it that Jesus was 12 years old when he stood in the temple? Because it's power. Have you ever wondered how in the world some things connect and it's like how did I not see that? Why did I not know? But the whole time, God's got a story. Every head bowed. No one looking around. Jesus. It's taken me to places. 